Our sermon text for today comes from the 15th chapter of the book of John, starting in verse 9 through verse 17. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I, am, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends, for everything that I learned from my Father I have made, no, made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command, love each other. This is the word of God for the people of God. Abide in me is the title of the sermon. And as I looked at this passage this past week, something jumped out at me, which usually does when I look at it, something I haven't really paid much attention to before, and God sort of points to something. And that's the passage that struck me in this. Abide in me. So I did some looking. What does it mean to abide? And I looked up the Greek word, and the Greek word means to dwell, to live in, to be completed in. So what does it mean when it says we should dwell in the love of Jesus Christ? Dwell in the love of God is what Jesus is telling us. Well, to me, to dwell somewhere means that you live there. And that's one of the things that we need to really look at as Christians. Where is it that we live our life? Do we live our life in Jesus Christ? Or do we live our life around Jesus Christ? Do we live with him as the center and the focus of our life? Or is it sort of a passing acquaintance? When you live with someone, you get to know them. It's kind of like going from dating to getting married. Because when you're dating, that person is perfect. Somewhere in the marriage ceremony, that person leaves. And you get the real one. With all their flaws. You know, this guy opened the door for you as you were going out, and he brought you flowers. You haven't seen a flower in 30 years. I don't buy my wife flowers, mostly because of my allergies. It's maybe selfish on my part. I should suffer a little and buy her some flowers. But the reality is you truly get to know someone if you live with them and make them a part of your life. Yet we in the church, there are many people in the church 
who only know Jesus as a passing acquaintance, as someone who they think about once in a while. We try to encourage people to have a time of devotion each morning. 15 minutes or 10 minutes or 5 minutes reading your daily bread or reading the upper room or any devotional that you want. And we think that's enough to carry us through the day. The reality of it is that we need to truly live in God's love if we are going to be God's people and share his love with others. How can we share God's love with other people if we don't fully immerse ourselves in it? If we don't get to know what it means to live in God's love? There are people who have this idea that God loves them and that means that he's going to give them everything they want. There are churches out there that teach if you love God, God will give you everything. That's not true. That's not biblical. That's not God. You can't buy God's love. You can't give him enough for him to just take care of you. Then who's in charge? You are. And that's not the case. The case is God's in charge. And when we live in God's love, Jesus says we keep his commandments. And when we keep his commandments, we have complete joy. And his joy is complete. When we keep the commandments of God and we live fully in the love of God, only then can we know joy. Because joy isn't being happy. That's a nice song. Don't worry, be happy. Does it work for anyone? Because happiness isn't joy. Joy is something that can only come from having the love of God dwell in you and understanding that whatever happens in my life, God is in it. <clears throat> this is Mother's Day. I was thinking about it. I'm 58 years old. That means that my mother died 40 years ago. And as I think about Mother's Day, it's a hard time. It's a hard time to think about all of those years. My son never knew my mom. My wife never knew my mom. And as I think about it, I think about what I missed, but that's okay because I have so much joy remembering my mother. My mother was a giant of a woman at five foot one. But she had a heart that was huge. And she really cared and loved other people. We didn't find out till after she died that she was supporting one of her sisters who had an abusive husband who had gone into hiding. And nobody knew where she was at. In fact, we only found her two years ago. We didn't even know she was alive. We thought somewhere along the line something had happened to her and she was gone. But the family found her a couple of years ago. My mom was supporting her. She never told anybody. My mom was a bus driver. 
they had to put extensions on her pedals so she could drive bus. But she drove for handicapped kids, those who were physically and mentally handicapped, and they loved her. Because she didn't look at them and see them for what their body looked like or what their mind looked like. She looked at them and saw them as important people. My mom truly understood, I think, what it meant to love. And I really do think that had to do with the situation she was in. She had cancer. And as she struggled with cancer and the pain, she never complained about the pain. In fact, knowing she was going to die made her smile. That may sound weird, but that was my mom. Because she knew what lay ahead for her was so much better than what was here on earth. Yes, I'm sure she knew she was going to miss us and we were going to miss her. But as I think about becoming a pastor, and I never became a pastor until after my mom was gone. And I think about what I learned from her that makes me the pastor that I am today. I learned what it means to have faith in difficult situations. I learned what it means to love people that aren't quite lovable all the time. I learned what it means to depend on God and to try and strive to live in his love. The one thing that we can pass on to our children and to all the people we meet, is the love of God. To show them that no matter who they are, no matter what they look like, no matter anything, God cares about them. Because God reached down into this world and touched me. Not because I was looking for God, but because God was looking for me. And I think, most of you can say the same thing, that God has reached down into this world and touched you. It tells us in this passage that we didn't choose God, God chose us. God chose us. Why would God choose me? Do you ever think that? I think about that all the time. In my first full-time appointment, I remember... I was there a week, and they had a big festival where they had all kinds of food. And a man walked up, and he said, so you're the new pastor? And I said, yes. He said, you don't look like a pastor. You look like a truck driver. And I said, why, thank you. He kind of shook his head and walked away. Just my sense of humor. What does a pastor look like? Am I supposed to have cotton candy hair, you know, like the TV event? I guess I need to have that now since I'm on the Internet all the time. What does it mean to be the person that God has chosen you to be? What do you have to do? And the answer is just be you. Because God didn't choose you because you are the greatest person in the world. God chose you because he loves you and you love him. And when we love 
God, just like this little experiment I did with the kids. Then God's love can go out into the world, and others can see God's love. When you smile at someone, when you say hello to someone you don't know walking down the street, when you treat the cashier like she's somebody important and not one of your servants, when you treat other people like God would treat them, then they have a glimpse of the love of Jesus Christ. And I, for one, can tell you when you see the love of Jesus Christ in your life, it changes you. Watching my mother go through what she went through and knowing she could smile facing death and pain. When my mom got cancer, she weighed 156 pounds. When she died, she weighed less than 70. But she smiled. The last time I saw my mom was in the hospital room. And she smiled so widely when I walked in. I'd been in boot camp. And they sent me home so I could see her. And she smiled. I'll never forget that. You have the same opportunity to touch the people in your life. By smiling like the greatest thing that ever happened today was God brought them into your life. When we do that, when we live in that love, not just walk around it, not just talk about it, but when we live in that love, we can change our world. And that's our job. Our job is to change our world. The mission statement of the church is to make disciples for Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. That's our job. And the only way we can do that is by living in God's love and following his commandments. Not one or the other, both. We need to be God's people. For a world that is hurting. We need for other people to see God in us. Because that's the way you change lives. That's the way people see God. That's the way God works. May we love God. And may we love others that they may see God. Amen.